you and I both know that we're called to create more than just a business. Being an entrepreneur means we are the forerunners in innovation, problem solving, and serving our fellow human beings at the highest level. But in a world that is sick of being sold to, how do we get our products and our services out there and still remain profitable? Join me on my journey to help servant-hearted entrepreneurs with a message, grow their influence, profit, and freedom. I'm Danny Gupat, and this is the Risen Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Risen Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm once again your host, Danny Gupat, and I'm excited to introduce you to our next guest, Dawn Marcotte. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope I And you even you. said my name right. I was just going to say that. I was like, oh, I should have asked her right before. I forgot to do that. Marcotte. Nope. It's French, isn't it? It is French. Most people pronounce it like it's Italian, but it is very French. It's French Marcotte. So beautiful name. I love that. Um, we are really excited to have you today. We're going to be, um, we're going to be talking about time and I'm, this is, this is a good topic. So Dawn, before we get started, I'm going to, I'm going to let everyone know a little bit about you. Dawn Great. has um, been a freelance writer for many years and has recently turned to creating content for women coaches and consultants. She teaches you how to spend more time on activities that build your business and less time on endless tasks that don't feed your soul or your bank account. That's right. This is something I've been thinking about so much recently because it's like these tedious tasks that like rob the life out of you, right? Oh, yes. Yes. We get busy doing the little things that probably still need to be done, but then that's all we're doing. And suddenly our business isn't growing and we're overwhelmed and we're anxious and it just all goes sideways. Oh, well, so before, before we, we jump into that, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and, and your entrepreneurial journey? Sure. Well, I actually have been in the corporate world for close to 30 years. But, but during that time for the last 10, 12, 15 years, I also had a side gig as a freelance writer. I've always loved to write. I've always been passionate about putting words together in a way that helps uh, teach people how to do things. So my first online business 10, 12 years ago was all around helping parents with grade school age children keep their kids out of in front of a screen. That's long enough ago. It was usually TV was what I was talking about at that time, but very passionate about the idea that kids don't need to have their face in front of a screen. So I did all kinds of books and had a website, all kinds of stuff. And it was great as a side gig, but I really like or liked, I should say my corporate job. So I didn't feel a need to have my own business. Then in summer 2020, as we all know, COVID hit and I lost my corporate job because they had to cut back totally understandable. I was very sad, but I have all of this knowledge from doing not just that one business I spoke about, but several others over the course of the last 10 years. And I thought there's a lot of other people who have lost their jobs who might be thinking about, I could do something online to make money right now. I would love to help them. So that's kind of what I ended up doing was taking all of that knowledge that I've learned over the course of the past 10, 12 years. And really package it up in a way that people can use it right away. So it's a lot of step-by-step how-to type of information um, in addition to the strategic stuff. And the other thing that I discovered 
going online again after not having been out there quite as much about business was that online people are not familiar with the seven habits of highly effective people. It's a book by Stephen Covey, huge in the corporate world. There's a whole industry around this book in the corporate world. But when I would talk about some of the things that are taught in that book in Facebook groups and different places, nobody knew what I was talking about. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have got to bring this information to the entrepreneurial world because it is absolutely life-changing. It is so powerful and it's applicable right now in your business and your life. And so that's what really got me started and motivated in building my business is to share that, all of that information with everybody that I can. So that's, I'm, I'm really curious what, um, what, is there more that you've seen when you've compared to this, um, compared these two worlds um, that you think is lacking in this kind of digital online business world? There is. I was actually just thinking about that this morning because one of the things that I do in my business, I'm very process driven. So I, I need to have a process that is repeatable and reliable. That means that if I follow these same four steps to sell something, it shouldn't matter what thing I'm selling, whether it's my book or my membership or coaching, you know, at all different price points, it shouldn't matter. That process should work no matter what. And I'm not seeing a lot of that online. And the other thing I'm not seeing a lot of are people that are, tracking and and paying attention to the outcomes of what they do they just start doing something because somebody tells them to do it and they don't necessarily track and monitor well what's working what's not so that when it's not working then they feel like it's their failure which it isn't necessarily the process just might not work for your personality your business your audience whatever um, but if you're not tracking that, you're not going to know that. Or perfect example of this is Facebook groups. When I started my business, I, of course, was following the wisdom of get in front of as many people as you possibly can. So I just kept joining groups and getting invited and whatever. And by November, I was in over 60 groups. And that's just way too many, way too many. You can't be active and, and participate in that many groups. So I had a goal to narrow that down to my top five. And the only way I could do it effectively was to pay attention to where am I getting clients? Who's signing up for my freebies? And really tracking that kind of information to get rid of those groups that really weren't doing anything for me except sucking up my time. Mm. And I just don't see a lot of entrepreneurs following that kind of methodology where they're really tracking and paying attention to the outcomes of whatever processes they are trying to use to better understand what works and what doesn't. Why, why do you think that is? Is it like, is it the type of people who are driven to entrepreneurship or why would you say? Um, I think it's partly the people that are driven, but I think it's also something that's not taught mm. very much. Online, it seems to be all about how much money can I make and how fast can I make it? which is fine. We're all in a business. We all want to support our families and our communities and you need to be profitable to do that. But 
that can't be your only focus because that's not going to actually get you a profitable business if that's all you're focusing on. And so I just don't think it's taught. People don't think about it that way. They just want someone to show them as I did, how do I do it? What's step one? What's step two? What's step three? Let's go. And, and it's just not something talked about, but again, that's different in the corporate world from the entrepreneur in the corporate world. Now I worked for very large corporations, uh, general electric, general motors, places like that, where they have entire meetings that focus on metrics, the numbers, we need to track it and know what's going on. And that's just kind of the culture that I came from. Now, I don't know if that's true in medium size or other companies. I, I can't speak to that, but that's the kind of company and corporate background that I came from. Hmm. Okay. So I want to dig a little bit deeper. You mentioned something uh, very, very quickly, and it, it was about wasting time. And this kind of leads me into the next question about you touched on a point with these groups. You had all of a sudden all these groups, and it was just kind of like eating away at your time. And I think for a lot of us, if you're anything like me, you're probably speaking to someone who doesn't uh, like at the beginning of my journey, not paying much attention to numbers, just thinking I should be busy doing stuff. So I should be in groups. I should be like, you know, exactly what you said. People are saying like, get in front of people. And it's just eating away at me. So um, in my journey, I've come to realize that time is so, so precious. And, um, and it's really easy to get caught up in all of these like time eating tasks, like being in front of groups. So I would love to hear you talk a bit more on, on how we can like guard that. How, what, what can we be aware of? How do we watch out for that? Yeah, that is so important. Cause I, just like you at the beginning of my journey, because I didn't have my priorities set, I didn't have specific goals set. Nothing was a priority. So that makes everything a priority. You don't know where to focus your time. So that's one of the most important things I think in business is being able to set some specific goals. And what I recommend doing is you have your big goals, your, I want to get clients goals, those kind of things. Great. Down month by month, what do you need to do to achieve that goal? Week by week, what do you need to do to achieve that goal? And I use uh, SMART goals. So they're specific, they're measurable, they're actionable, they're realistic, and they're time bound. And when I create these goals, I create weekly goals that roll up to my monthly goals that roll up to my annual goals. And I actually keep stickies next to my computer with those goals written out. So every time I come across something that I think is interesting, kind of that shiny object, ooh, I wanna try that, I, I bump it up against those goals. And if it doesn't line up, don't do it, but track it. This is the other big tip that I have learned the hard way. I can't even tell you how many times. I will know that three months from now, I wanna learn about Instagram. But today I come across somebody that's teaching about Instagram paste that information into something. I use OneNote personally so that when I'm ready to do that, I don't spend four hours going, oh, I remember I saw that. Where was that? I got to, you know, and you just waste time. So when you keep track of it that way, when you're finally ready to tackle that, you already have the information and you can go back to that person or that group or that training or whatever it is. It's so important to track things like that. 
The other thing that I recommend to help control this is scheduling. So we all deal with interruptions and distractions all day long, but if you can schedule things like, I'm gonna check my email twice a day and not worry about it other than that. I'm going to check my social media four times a day and I'm gonna turn off my notifications so my phone doesn't chirp at me every time somebody posts something. Those kinds of things. So to really control so that you can focus where you need to focus instead of those distractions or interruptions that happen to us. Mm-hmm. That is really good. I, it, it's um, very uh, timely because today I was working on my schedule and I was like, man, how do I, like, how do I, how do I actually set up my schedule? I guess you first are looking at your goals and your priorities and breaking those down into monthly and weekly priorities. And then you're able to kind of set your schedule around that. I'm curious. Exactly. I'm curious yeah. Plan weekly, prioritize daily. So if you know a week out what you're doing, and I recommend looking not just per, uh, professionally, but look at your personal life too, because that bumps up against your professional life all the time. So on a Sunday night, if you look forward to the week and go, okay, I've got dentist appointments or whatever's going on, but you'll also see some big chunks of time you know what, on Monday afternoon for two hours, I'm going to work on whatever, something that you need to do in your business. It may not be an urgent thing, but it's an important thing. So it could be a marketing or a networking or something that needs attention that you just don't ever seem to get to because you're so busy with all the other stuff. So once you start scheduling those specific times, that will be a tremendous help. And the other thing that I do, I finally gotten to the point in my business where I have one day a week where I don't do meetings. I don't do anything. That's my, my work day. And I, it took me a while to get to a whole day, but it's a very deliberate choice on my part because then the rest of the week, when I think of something that needs extra time, I can jot it down. Okay. On Monday, this is one of the things I'm going to take care of, or this is one of the things I'm going to work on. So it just helps keep you organized. Your time in your business. Hmm. And that was, I was going to ask you um, what you thought about, um, oh, what's the word? Like time, like time chunking. Uh, yes. There's a better word for that. Oh my goodness. It, I'm, I've lost it right now. Where, where you're doing things in chunks of time. Yes. Yes. Batching. Batching. Thank you. I'm like, time yes. chunking. Oh, I'm a, come I'm, up with I'm a new a, term. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big believer in batching. That's what I do my content. Um, Cause I think content is one of those things for me. It's completely natural. I have no issue doing content because I'm a writer. I love putting words together. It comes very naturally to me, but not everybody is like that. And it can mentally be a drain when you think, okay, every day I got to go in and do this Facebook post doing it every day, one day at a time, that's just a huge mental drain. Whereas if you take a couple of hours, 15 posts that you can scatter through and and schedule ahead of time, then it's already done. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. And the thing about doing it that way is you can take that information and maybe uh, you're writing Facebook posts. Well, you know what? You can take that same information and repackage it as a video 
or repackage it as a LinkedIn post or an Instagram, right? You can take the same information and reuse it over and over and over again. You don't have to constantly be creating new information. And that can be quite a relief when you're creating content as well, because I know a lot of people struggle with, oh, I got to do 30 days worth of content. What am I going to say? You have to realize that when you post something, not everybody sees it. So you can post the same exact thing once a month for a year. That's right. Nobody's going to notice. You might have a couple people, especially if you have your own Facebook group, you may have some people that notice. But if you're in other people's groups, nobody's going to notice. Wow, that's really good. I, I was thinking that because um, I also write emails multiple times a week. And I think you don't realize when you get into like email marketing, you know, maybe you're writing a blog, maybe you have social media, there's so much content that's going out there. Um, but I find like every time I'm running an email, I was like, this actually works also as a social media post, as I can make mm -hmm. that quickly into a blog post. I can have it on my email because a lot of my email subscribers aren't necessarily going to read on the blog or listen to the podcast. So you can really take a lot of um, that different content and repurpose it. So yes, yes. That's a, and it's a huge time saver too. So you, you mentioned in your, um, in your bio, uh, this, this word about like feeding tasks that feed your soul. And uh, my next question is like, why, what are some tasks that are, are, why are they soul killers? Why would you say that? And that, well, so one of the things that I find happens a lot, and it happens to me too, is you get busy doing those tasks that you just have to do. We're in a business. We have to pay invoices. We have to, you know, whatever, right? Those kind of things that you just, you have to do anyway. Um, and one of those things for me, I talked a little bit about was the, the social media, the Facebook stuff. So when I was in 60 groups and I was, I, there were days I was spending all day. I did not enjoy that. That is not what I want to be doing. And it just was so, I just wasn't motivated. I didn't want to do it. So it's really important because we all are creating businesses, doing something that we are passionate about. If you're not passionate about it, you shouldn't be doing it for a business because there's going to be those days that are really tough and you need to have that passion. Yeah, absolutely. Spending your time doing. So when you can, you know, spend some time planning and organizing and scheduling so that those things that you don't want to do, don't procrastinate and put them off because then all of a sudden now they're an emergency and you have to do them right now. And that interrupts the rest of your life. Um, and when you seven habits a, right there. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and wondering. when you spend a lot of time in that emergency, I've put it off and now I have to, that's where your overwhelm comes from. That feeling of overwhelm because everything is so urgent because you have put it off or you haven't been focusing on it and now it has to be done. And you're not going to do your best work that way. I mean, for those of us that are parents and have children that have had homework, how many times have we told our kids don't wait till the last minute, start no, working it. on it now, right? Same is true for us as adults. Don't wait for the last minute. If it's a, do it, that kind of thing. Because otherwise, like you said, you end up spending time on things that, that do not fill your bucket, do not feed your soul. And that's very demoralizing and pretty soon you're feeling like, well, what am I thinking? Why am I doing this? There's, I, I don't even want to do this anymore. I'm going to give up. 
that kind of stuff. And you don't want to do that. So you want to make sure that you can kind of schedule those things. One of the things that I do that I have used very effectively is the things that I absolutely hate doing. I schedule an hour to do them first thing Monday morning. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but it really works because number one, they're done. So they're not lingering in the back of my head the rest of the week going, oh, I really should look at that. I really should pay attention to it, right? They're done. But I only spend an hour. I set a timer. I know that when that timer goes off, I'm done. Yeah. For that week. And the rest of it can wait another week. Because I work on it every week, none of it gets to that point where it's an emergency. So that's one sorry, one tip that I use personally in my business to just get rid of that stuff. And again, it's a good mental release. I know I'm done with it. The rest of the week, I get to do the fun stuff or the interesting stuff. And it's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, now that I think of it, it reminds me of, have you heard of like a decision uh, making fatigue? And when yes. you're thinking about um, that thing that you have to do, it kind of like drains your decision-making capabilities or your creativity, I wouldn't even argue because that's when you're creative, you need to be free from that. So if that's constantly on your mind all week and you're procrastinating, um, then I really wonder how much we hinder ourselves as creatives, as entrepreneurs, just because. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's ex And that's exactly why I did it. And I didn't learn to do that until I was an adult. So I'm, I'm thinking of my son right now because we also, we homeschool and um, there's been so many evenings where we've kind of tested out to give him, like he's getting older. So we're like, okay, you can choose to, um, to do it later if you would like after your chores. And then there's been a few nights where he's like, I don't, why did I do this? I shouldn't do this. And I'm like, yes, yes, you have learned. You've you learned a lesson. Yep. <laughs> And my, one of my mentors, she always says this. She says, procrastination is the assassination of your destination. Yes. Oh, I like that. I like that. You know, and I argue with my children a lot too about, well, mom, if I leave it to the last minute, I'm, I'm more effective when I do that. I get that. And I'm like, no, you're just addicted to that adrenaline rush. That's all you're looking for. Yeah. You're not really doing it any better. So how about we find another way for you to get that adrenaline rush? And uh, let's actually break this down into pieces and you get it done on time and done well. So yeah, that, that is, can be a mental thing too, that people have to struggle with that. They feel like they do it better with that adrenaline rush. Probably not in the long run. Not in the long run. Yeah. So I'm wondering how, um, what, how can we go about choosing profitable tasks that will really bring our businesses forward instead of busy tasks? How can we, you touched a little bit on this in prioritizing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So there's kind of different categories of where we spend our time. And I've talked about it a little bit. So the urgent and important, those are the emergency things. Those are going to come up from time to time. There's no way around it. You just, you got to deal with it and move on. But again, the more you procrastinate, the more is going to show up in that category. So as best you can, stop it and uh, schedule things. And, and as we talked about a little bit, um, but the category where you want to spend time, because this is what grows your business, are the things that are important 
but not urgent. So again, this is where you really need to, as much as you can, schedule time during the week, big blocks of time, two hours here, four hours there, whatever you can do so that you can spend time figuring out your marketing plan, your networking plan, those things that when you pay attention to them consistently over time, really grow your business. So when I say marketing plan, I'm talking about what are the things in your business that get people to sign up for your mailing list? What are the things that get them into your, your sales funnel, whatever that might be, whether it's a Facebook group or, or whatever your sales funnel might be? What, what brings you to the attention of your ideal client? Figure it out, do more of it. But again, you need those blocks of time to do that, to think about that strategy and to make those plans without interruption. Otherwise, you're just answering emails and commenting on Facebook and posting on Instagram and doing things that may not actually be bringing you any business. So it goes back again to paying attention to those metrics, that paying attention and identifying what actually works for you in your business, as opposed to just doing something somebody tells you to do because they're awesome and have 10,000 people in their group and you should listen to them kind of situation that I fall prey to all the time. I'll be honest, <laughs> but I've learned, you know, and that's, <laughs> and that's the thing. Don't be afraid to try something. I'm not saying don't listen to those people. Go ahead and try it but monitor it, track it, pay attention to it. How much time does it take? Does it bring you anything? And if it doesn't, either stop doing it or tweak it in a way that does work for your business. Because that's the other thing about finding the activities that feed your soul and your business is you may try something once or twice, but small changes in, especially in marketing, you change two words and all of a sudden, you're getting all kinds of traction. So don't be afraid to just tweak things, just change it a little bit, but again, track it and pay attention to what happens as a result. So then you've identified, okay, using Instagram trains really grows my Facebook group. I'm going to do that process twice a week or you know, whatever it is in your business. It's hmm. really good. So that, what would you say would be to someone who's kind of like getting new or getting started, um, they're trying to figure out what, what is the best thing for me to um, um, start right now in my business? Where should I look for these metrics? Uh, what's something practical that she can do today? So that's a really good question. Thank you for asking it as I stall while I think. Okay. <laughs> Um, you know, metrics are something that you're going to kind of need to make for your own business. I think what you will want as someone who's brand new, it's so important to figure out what are your priorities, what is going to be a process that brings you clients. And that process is going to be different for everyone. But I think taking some time to figure out as an individual and as your business, what are your priorities? And one of the, the um, actually on my website, one of the exercises I suggest to people who are brand, brand new 
is sit down and make a list of all the things that you're good at and then make a separate list of all the things that you actually enjoy doing, kind of bump those together, see what bubbles up to the top and think about how could you turn that into a business? What problems are associated with that? So for me, I'm a runner. If I were to start completely from scratch, I would probably do something around uh, the running or the fitness industry, because I know exactly what the problems are when you run, right? The, I know the equipment, I know the exercise, the diet, whatever, right? I know all of that. So if I were to do that, how would I turn that into a business? Well, do I write a book to help people run marathons? Do I do a training class, right? So that's where it's important to understand what you are good at and what you enjoy doing as a person. So if you know that you're a writer, okay, take that industry and create something, write something. If you're more of a verbal person, do a video, a class, things like that. So it's really important, even from the get-go, to understand the urgent problems that your target audience has, the things they're going to be willing to give you money for, as opposed to those big, I need to get clients kind of problems. Yes, that's a great, but it's a big problem. The solutions are different for everyone and nobody's going to hand you a thousand dollars just because they need to get clients and you promise you'll get them clients. Well, maybe if you promise, but (laughs) you know what I mean? I mean, there are coaches out there and whatnot, but when you, when you're starting out, when you find those urgent problems and you're already familiar with the industry, that is a great place to start because also if it's something you're interested in, you probably already have contacts in that industry. So as a runner, I'm in Facebook groups with other runners. I'm in running clubs. You know, I already have an in, in that industry. Same thing for other people, if you have a hobby, whatever it is. So yes, I would say, you know, kind of follow that exercise to figure out what it is that you want to be in, but then figure out what it is that you want to sell into that industry. I've heard it um, said also that you can, um, part of building your business uh, is documenting the journey. So when, when you're starting up all of that stuff, one awesome way to like add to your business is by like showing, Hey, this totally didn't work or like this worked. And that, I think also you're touching on the metrics. I wonder, um, that could be a good way of kind of documenting your journey and seeing that worked, that didn't work. Don't do that. <laughs> exactly. Track it. Yeah. As you go along. And, and that's a great way to put it in a blog, right? Share it with people, share your journey with people so that they can see what's going on and you will be, and when you're authentic that way and you're open that way, people really resonate with that as well. They see you as a real person as opposed to just a business trying to sell them shoes or you know whatever you're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. So we're coming to the end of our podcast, unfortunately, but I wanted to just pick your brain as a content creator. Um, okay. This is normally the thing that takes, I, I think it probably, I hear the most questions about like, what, like what you said before, you know, how do I come up with 30 days of content or, you know, here bloggers are supposed to blog, you know, you know, multiple times a week to be able to get traction podcasts, you know, all of these things that all relies in this information business on content. And um, it takes a lot of time. And I'm wondering um, how important would you say that this activity is for business owners? 
I think it's very important. I think that if you're struggling with a way to do content, I actually have a couple suggestions. The first one real quick that I have found extraordinarily effective is to do market research. No matter how long you are in business, you can continuously do market research. So I use Google Forms to do a one question survey. And the question is, what are your top two questions about? And then you fill in the blank. So if you're struggling to figure out what does your target audience want to hear about, what you should be writing about, ask them. Just send out that survey. Don't forget to ask for their name. So if they give you some really good meaty something, you can go back to them and ask for more information. But that's a great way to get some ideas for content. And then the next part of that is once you've got maybe 10 ideas for content, like we were talking about before, reuse it, repackage it. You can use it in a variety of places. You can do it as text, make a video, whatever. You can take that same information. And if you come up with four different ways to use it, that and you have 10 ideas, that's 40 posts. That's 40 pieces of content to share. That's more than a month. Mm -hmm. So not everybody sees your content everywhere you post it. So if you put that content on your blog and you also put it on your Facebook and your Instagram, the same people are not going to be seeing it in each of those places. And especially if you spread it out, maybe today, Monday, it's on your blog, but on Wednesday, it's on Facebook and next week it's on LinkedIn. Mm. Okay. People aren't in the same places. Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. It lagged a little bit. <laughs> so now I'm now just one more further question. Um, would you say there's a difference between just like putting content out and creating content that actually converts? Because I've found like from some of the coaches that I've talked to, they post cool content on Instagram that people are like, I like it, but it doesn't actually convert into a paying customer. Yes, there are different kinds of content, different kinds of marketing. Some of your content you want to put out there because it's, it's a nurturing process. You want to stay top of mind for people that are in your target audience, but they're maybe not ready to buy from you. They may be, maybe you haven't found their specific pain, urgent pain point yet, but you still want them to think about you. So that's why the constant content creation is important. It's nurturing but then you also have content specifically to convert. So this might be, um, I'm going to have a, a freebie to give away to help you with market research. Do you want it? Here's the link. It's very direct. It has a call to action. And that's the kind of thing that I would send out, maybe pick a specific day and send it out everywhere email, Facebook, LinkedIn, everything, all at the same time, because it's designed to convert, you really want to hit it hard. Mm. And then you can track and see, hopefully, depending on what you use for software, you may be able to see, okay, you know what, the people that I sent to my email, 50% of them opened it, 20% of them clicked on the link. On Facebook, I don't know that you can track that quite as well. But again, you can still see how, where people came to your landing page from and go, oh, okay, didn't get anything from Twitter. Next time, I'm not going to worry about that. Mm -hmm. Learn from that process and do it again with something else. Great. Thank you so much, Dawn. This has been, this has been such a great time with you going deeper into time management and content. I think 
some big things for uh, us entrepreneurs to that we're 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 uh, like de- dealing with every every day, right? Um, yes. So these are awesome practical tips. I hope you guys have been taking notes because there's like some great uh, gems in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I could help. (laughs) But before we end, um, I really, I'd love to know just what books or podcasts are you listening to and reading right now? Well, I uh, am continuously rereading The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, obviously. Highly recommend that. I have not until recently really started listening to podcasts, but I came across one uh, fearlessly that I absolutely love. Got some great guests there. And just, I was frantically taking notes as I was listening. And those are the kind of podcasts that I really like that really give me some good media information. What, what was the name of that one more time? It cut out just- Women Emerging Fearlessly. Women Emerges, Emerging Fearlessly fearlessly. Okay. That is all going to be in the show notes for you guys. So you can go ahead if you've enjoyed this episode with Dawn and this has been helpful for you. So go to the risenentrepreneur.com forward slash podcast and click on this episode with Dawn. You're going to find all the information, the podcast she's been listening to, the books that she's suggesting and um, how to um, get to Dawn's group that she has. She has a women coaches and consultants Facebook group. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Dawn? Yeah. So I have a sales funnel. The top of my sales funnel is my Facebook group. Um, And I really try to provide daily that just real quick tips and tricks for very specific things, whether it's market research or general marketing or whatever. Um, But I also do regular classes and seminars and things like that. I actually just finished one where I walked through at a high level, the whole process from getting clients' attention to nurturing that to converting to sales. So I'm really focused on providing the information that women coaches and consultants need right now to move those five steps forward into the business. Okay, now what's the next question? Let's move another five steps forward, that kind of thing. And I love it. I've got some really great gals in the group. They're so much fun. It's so supportive. I love how they really help each other out when someone asks a question. There's always people with an answer. It's just, I, I just love the vibe. But of course, it's my group. So I suppose I almost have <laughs> to, biased. don't I? <laughs> a little biased there. It sounds amazing. So again, go to therisenentrepreneur.com forward slash podcast. Check out this episode here today with Dawn and you will be able to access all of that. So thank you once again, Dawn, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is great. Awesome. We were happy to have you. And thank you, everyone, for taking your time and listening to our little chat today. I hope you got a lot of value out of it. I know I did. And remember, rise up, entrepreneur, because you are called to create. Have a great day, everyone. Hey, thanks so much for listening. And remember, rise up, entrepreneur, because you are called to create.